1: Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air.
2: Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? You're looking pretty good. I'm doing pretty well. I got a little bit of a tan from the parade that uh, the Caps had downtown the other day. <laughs> All right. Did you make it down there? I did. Well, yeah, uh, kind of. It was really rough. Traffic was tough, but you know it was a wonderful celebration and a, and a great event. Go Caps. Rocking the red,
3: man! Isn't it great to bring a uh, championship home to DC? Oh yeah, Yeah, they really celebrated
2: well too. Well, yeah,
3: absolutely. What a bunch of uh, good guys! So, congrats to the Caps. Yeah, let's do it again next year. Amen. Definitely, definitely. Maybe the Nats will bring home a World Series this year, and the Skins a Super Bowl. Wow, what we'll about get the some the basketball tri- going too. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, fork. The quad, we'll call it. It's going to happen. The quad.
2: The quad championship. Title town. Right? <laughs> exactly. There you go. Well, there is one other thing that's kind of important we talk about this weekend before we get started with the show, and that is Father's Day.
3: Yes, 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 Chris. Happy Father's Day to you and to and you too, you. Bob. Back yeah. in the back there. Yep. Amen, happy yeah. Father's Day to everyone out there. I uh, wish everyone just a wonderful weekend. What a what a beautiful weekend again, too. You know, um, uh, to have a nice Father's Day weekend. So I know you're gonna you gotta have the grill going. You always do, right? <laughs> that, you know, I enjoy grilling and and smoking food and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, so that's one of my enjoyments, and I'll I'll be doing that uh, definitely. So well, you have a happiest Father's Day. Hope you enjoy it. You too. You too. Best. Best to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we always start the show off with a little bit of what's happening in the markets and the economies, and you know, again, it's same same story here. the the The, the biggest news this week really is is um, the Fed announced uh, the raising of interest rates up to one point seven five percent. You know, they have a target rate of. Uh, A little over 2%, 2 2.88 actually in in another year and a half or two years. And the reason why the Fed raises interest rates is because when the economy continues to expand the way it is and wages start to rise the way they have started to rise – we start to get inflation pushed into the system, and the Federal Reserve has, has, well, it has many mandates, but the two main mandates, the two main purposes is maximum employment and price stability. So let's keep that in mind, and because we're hearing all kinds of, I'm, I'm getting all kinds of questions, Chris, about, well, it, it, should the Fed be raising? Are they going to get it right? What are they going to do? Are they going to mess up the economy? Hold on. They never get it right. It's impossible to get it right. Here's what happens. When you have maximum employment the way that we do now, which is one of their mandates that instantly starts the pressure of wage increases and inflation entering the system. Now, their other mandate is to maintain inflation. So now they want to sort of back off the economy a little bit and and make sure that the prices of goods and services aren't getting too expensive because there's more money chasing fewer dollars. Push and pull. That's exactly correct Chris. So they're going to be pushing and pulling as you say back and forth. So sort of, you know, in in conclusion about what the Fed's primary role is there is to to try to keep the economy in sort of a goldilocks position where it's it's not too slow of expansion, but it's not too fast of an expansion and and prices aren't aren't decelerating and prices are accelerating but not too much. They want everything to be just right. I'd and, love for you to tell the
2: Goldilocks story. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there you go. That's the story. <laughs> so that, that's what they're trying to do. So, so we'll see more raises as time comes on. They want to try and stay ahead of the curve, ahead of the inflation curve. You know, and and quite frankly, at some point down the road, and, and, and I don't see this anytime soon, but at some point down the road, whether it's three weeks, three months, three years, 10 years, whatever it is, the economy will start to naturally slow down and go into a recession mode again. And then they're going to need interest rates to drop in order to stimulate the next wave of, of growth. And so that's one of the reasons also. But they need that it, some room because the interest rates have been so low for so long. They're going to have to have some room to lower them at some point down the road correct and just keep in mind that the fed is is you know they control the monetary policy that that's what they're trying to do they 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 want the economy to be just that goldilocks position so with all that being said you know it was very predictable about a raise here and and uh, maybe two more uh before the end of this year some people are calling for three but we'll wait and we'll see how things play out because you still have to take a look at you know what's happening on the fiscal side of the house which you know president trump announced yesterday more more tariffs uh to to be placed and and you know so that was putting a little pressure on the markets so we'll see exactly what happens with that and 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 um, you know, I explained to my office the other day I, I got all kinds of charts and graphs out, and I was explaining to everybody about the trade wars the you know the the, the trade imbalance I should say and and how it is against against several of our major uh, par- trading partners and and you could just sort of see the trade imbalance and so what is the deal here they're gonna try and level it no they can't level it but but they just want to try to improve it a little bit and so this falls back on the on the lines again of of wall street needs a clarity of direction they need a good lens to see what's happening with things and and we'll wait and see how this stuff plays out down the road in, in the coming weeks but remember we're also just a couple of weeks away from another earnings season beginning in july all the corporations will be reporting their or earnings for second quarter and they they're estimated to be pretty robust so lots of positive news lots of very strong economic news coming out of washington And we'll have to wait and see how this how this happens. You know, the markets are still functionally going sideways for the year. So you take a look at last year's return on the S&P was about 19 percent this year. It's, you know, just depends what day you look at it. It's either up or down a couple of points. So so, you know, when when you stop and you put two back to back years together like that, while everybody wants to have more growth this year, let's wait and hold on till some of this stuff settles out and see what happens in the second half of the year. I guess the question I have
2: for you then is in a rising interest rate economy. Does that change the needle a little bit
3: on what we do with our investments? Absolutely it does, Chris. When interest rates go up, there are certain places that you want to stay away from and certain places you want to gravitate toward. Just like when interest rates drop down, it has the opposite effect. You know, you take a look at your traditional bonds. When interest rates go up, most bond prices tend to drop and go negative. However, if you have bonds that do well when interest rates are rising, that's where you need to be today. And they're, they're, you know, a lot of them are called floating rate bond funds or, or bank loan funds. They're paying a little over, you know, four percent interest on them right now. And as interest rates tend to rise, they tend to rise in value, plus the the yield that you're getting on it as well. So, and, and people are getting surprised right now. People are going to be really surprised when they get their June statements and they don't have the right types of bonds in their portfolio. They're going to see them negative for the year, mm-hmm. and and so that that's a little bit of a shock. And then on the on the equity side of the house too, there are certain places that you want to stay away from. When, when in a rising interest rate environment as well. So, you know, you, you have to sit back and read the tea leaves and see what's going on in the economy, what's happening with the Fed policy. And there's still an old adage on Wall Street, I don't care what anybody says, don't fight the Fed. If mm-hmm. the Fed's raising, you need to be in the right spots. If the Fed's lowering, you need to be in the right spots. And if the Fed is neutral, you need to be in the right spots. So at the end of the day, make sure your portfolios are positioned for all this. And this go that, re- that question really goes a little bit deeper, and now I'm going on and on, Chris. But that question goes a little bit deeper into really understanding what you own. It's interesting when when new clients come in and they sit down and they interview us myself or some of our financial advisors and, and <clears throat> you know they ask all the questions you know well what are your philosophies? how long you've been doing this you know what's your track record? what are your fees you know all this kind of stuff. A lot of times I, I get to ask them questions too and, I, and one of the things that I, I ask them is I say, can you explain why you own each one of the positions that you own? in today's economy what is it that you what is it that you're seeing in the economy that you own and a lot of times people don't know they're just buying broad-based um generic named mutual funds and and you know a lot of and 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 in today's environment there are certain types of of positions or asset classes that are that are thriving and and others are just sort of neutral a little bit so it's important my lesson here is, is 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 that it is important for everyone to understand what they own and how things act in the different types of economies that we'll face going down the road. So I know
2: we've uh, we got a break coming up here, but I did have one other question. Again, with rising interest rates, the housing market comes to mind. What uh, what are we doing here? Are we, are we looking at a refinance? Probably not with interest rates coming up. Uh, but what's the, what's the best way forward there if you were thinking about either buying a home or refinancing at this
3: point? When you take a look at rising interest rates, how it impacts the price of, of homes, and I assume you're talking residential real estate yeah, here, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a supply and demand deal. If you can roll the clock back to the, to the late 1980s when interest rates were 16 18%, we had one of the largest real estate booms in the economy back then. It's a supply and demand deal. You know, if you stop and take a look at, well, how many, what's on the inventory right now list of of homes, new homes and old homes being sold, it's a supply and demand deal. That's exactly what it is. Now, when interest rates rise, yes, you might be able to get a three-car garage versus – in a lower interest rate environment, You're buying a, power is better exactly versus a two car garage, but it 's not going to preclude somebody from buying the home when you sit down and you take a look at the cost of of on on a five hundred thousand dollar loan as an example at at four point two five percent versus four point three two five or four point five the difference is not all that much. It's more of a psychological scenario. And quite frankly, if if you can't buy that home because of a, of a quarter interest rate point hike, you shouldn't be in, going into that home anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so it's really not going to dampen it at all. Uh, but yeah, on the refinance side, though, if interest rates start to drop again, yeah, then then it's obviously a good time to to refinance. So so it's really not going to have that big of an impact on uh, housing prices. That's more of an economic expansion versus contraction of supply and demand on on the on the product.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
3: Hey, let's open up the phones here. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal, show me. Back in a moment.
1: You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
3: Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Tarot at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your loan first certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571. 571- Four nine zero seventy one seventeen. That's five seven one four nine zero seventy one seventeen for your loan first pre approved certificate. Five seven one four nine zero seventy one seventeen or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Tarot at McLean Mortgage. Five seven one four nine zero seventy one seventeen. Troy Tereau and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618
2: and 99665. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Now, here's Larry Rosenthal. Hey! Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, the phone number is 855-767-3123,
3: 855-ROSE-123. Larry? Sure, Chris. You know, we spend lots of time, hours each week, talking about money and and everything. And, and, you know, we also want to keep it in in line with, with what the Bible says about it. In Deuteronomy 818, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And then again in Proverbs 23, 4, and 5, do not, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not, do not trust in your own cleverness, but cast a glance at riches, and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. You know, Again, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that you know, nothing's between us and the Lord, and, and money is a big competitive, competitive issue. Uh, there and, and and in financial planning, one of the things that that we really get to see what a lot of people how they how they manage their their dollars and how they think about them and it 's very interesting to see low stress levels on money to high stress mm-hmm. levels on money the way people try to grasp the dollar. obviously, we all need money to to provide you know food and 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 housing and shelter and autos and and different things of that nature but when you when you just try to quench it so so tight, it it uh, it, do, it does hurt it a little bit. And and some of the ways that you can ask yourself, you know, about how you want to handle your money is ask yourself what's important to you about money. You know, what is important to you? And these are some of the questions that we'll ask a prospective client. You know, what's important to you about money? And then they'll say, well, it enables me to retire. Okay, what's important about retirement? Well, it lets me have some freedom of time, spend more time, uh, uh, you know, with, with my family, with in church, you know, whatever it may be, doing sports, whatever it may be. And what's important to you about that? And, and you'll find that money is just simply a tool enabling you to, to walk through life versus trying to, you know, and ending up, you know, packing lots of it away and, you know, just everything. It can't have a lot to do with quality of life. It can. It can definitely help. There's no doubt about yeah. that, Chris. Uh, we need to keep it in, in priority, whose it is and, mm-hmm. and, and who owns it and what our responsibility is of it. And that is to be a good steward with it. And and, and that means that, that we're just stewarding it. We're just borrowing it. We're just in, in trust of it for, for a little while. So. I like the
2: scripture where it's, you cast your bread upon the waters. There's a lot, of, a lot of truth to if you donate or if you serve with money, uh, how the Lord blesses you because of that.
3: Yes, that's true, but you know, you also want to stay away from, you know, the 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 misinterpretations of that as well, you know. Uh, I mean, you want to try to put back into the Lord's kingdom, you know, time, talents, money, whatever mm-hmm. it may be in order to further, you know, his name, you know. We we need to shrink our name and make make the name of the Lord, you know is a whole lot more uh, uh, popular right exactly that's what the yeah. objective is and, and you could do that through money and, and service and and all different types of things there you know there's lots of different uh, gifts and and uh, ways to serve so it comes absolutely. down to
2: honoring the Lord with your with your goods and services and then with you have a stewardship over is that that honor is so
3: important correct we'll take a look at Ecclesiastes. Bah. Take a look in Ecclesiastes five ten. It says, "Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income." And you know, Solomon went on to say, "This too is meaningless." So you know, stop and really think about about the importance of just it being a tool. That's all that that it pretty much is. And we're in charge with good stewardship with it. So, Amen. hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Dial us up at eight five five rose one two three. That's 3123 seven six seven three one two three. We've got a little bit of a list of things we want to go through today a couple of do's and don'ts on retirement planning readiness retirement planning readiness are you ready have you asked the tough questions what's going on are you ready here's quest first first thing that you want to really ask is what's the calendar going to look like if we go ahead and check out and retire what are we going to do with our time That is is a daunting question for a lot of people because a lot of times they, they, you know, well, what should I do? What will I be doing? And it's funny because I I talk to clients all the time that are retired and they tell me, I've never been more busy in my life. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine all the things that I got done while I was working. And now I'm just so busy all day, every day. Uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of funny. So, uh, you know, one of my, uh, good friends, uh, one of our financial advisors, uh, three, four years ago, uh, Paul Gardner, he, he, uh, worked in, in our office for years and Yeah, years. what a great and, man he is. Yep. And he retired. And I was just talking to him not recently and he says, I can't believe how busy I am <laughs> in retirement. So, uh, so, you know, that's he's got a great of, heart
2: for the Lord. So he's doing a lot of service too. I know Paul's heart. He's, he's an awesome guy.
3: Absolutely. So, you know, that's one of the things that on, on the retirement checklist, if you will, is what is your calendar going to look like? Another thing, too, is, is taking taking a look here at while you're still working. But before you retire, are you satisfied with your with your house, your mortgage, your interest rate car? Do you need a new car? Anything that you may need to finance might be a little bit easier to do while you're working rather than just after you retire. Um, because remember banks are mainly, they're primarily income lenders versus asset lenders. Also ask ask yourself the question, Hey, you know, I've been saving money all these years and I've been saving them as sort of growth, whether it's aggressive growth or moderate growth type of investments are the investments that I've been using to get me to this point right before i retire are they set up to deliver both growth and income at the same time or are they primarily set up to just deliver the growth that i've needed to get me down the road to the retirement finish line it's retool time at that point isn't it it could very well be retool time on on some of the investments not necessarily all of them but maybe on some of them okay and that's an important thing especially when you're looking at investments that are not housed inside of an ira or or a qualified retirement plan because when you look to go change them around you could be subject to some taxes capital gains taxes so it's important to make sure that your your investment strategies are are in line now with your goals and remember when when you're in retirement it is about income you know and and the objective is to grow protect deliver income from from uh, reliable sources in the most tax efficient manner that's really what you're really taking a good solid look at so Again, check the inventory on the investment objective of each one of your investments out there. And you'll be surprised that a lot of people will, will end up, once they once people understand the pros and cons to, to mutual funds versus ETFs versus individual stocks versus bonds and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people will say, you know what, I want to get some different product mix. And by product mix, that's what I mean, ETFs, maybe UITs. Uh, mutual funds, all that type of stuff. So, so, so when, when you sit down and take a look not only at your mutual funds or your ETFs, whether they're designed for growth or growth in income, but take a look at also the product mixture, too, because remember, there's there's pros and cons to both ETFs, mutual funds, individual stocks, so forth and so on on down the road. Not too long ago, I was speaking with somebody, and, and they had a basket full of mutual funds, which is fine, and we're looking at them, and we're going through them, and, and we look behind the scenes only to see that that a lot of the investments in various of their mutual funds were invested in the same place behind the scenes. And, you you know, you've heard the term diversification, Chris. Well, in that case, it's diversification because behind the scenes, you're still invested in a lot of the same stuff. So you want to make sure that you're you're covering different asset classes. Don't buy a mutual fund just based off of its name because behind the scenes, again, you could be investing in the same stuff that your other investments are in as well. And then you introduce the product mix, and you can sit down and explain, you know, what's the advantage of a mutual fund versus the disadvantage of an ETF or vice versa. So, again, in addition to product diversification and asset class diversification, you want to have tax diversification too. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people have saved the majority of their money in pre-tax retirement plans, which is great. I'm a big fan of that. But you also want to take a look at the other side of the house, too, on the Roth side, where you can start delivering some tax-free income to yourself as well. Basically, there's four different tax lenses that the IRS looks, looks at our money through. Taxable, in other words, you're, you're growing your money each year. You have to pay taxes on it. Um, tax deductible and deferred, which is in your pre-tax retirement plans, you know, the government TSP on the pre-tax side, your 401k, your 403b plan. Uh, then, then on a non-deductible tax deferred, this is where you would put money into an IRA, but you cannot deduct it or it would go into an annuity and it would grow tax deferred, but you cannot deduct it off your current year's taxes. Then the fourth one would be tax exempt or tax free, such as a Roth or municipal bond interest income. So at the end of the day here, here's the big question in preparing for the retirement lineup or the retirement questionnaire before you retire, you know. How is our money positioned to deliver growth and income at the same time to outpace taxes and inflation? Are our products inside of our investments, mutual funds, UITs, ETFs, stocks, whatever it is, are they enhancing the overall performance by risk reduction of product selection as well as the different asset classes Is our money properly diversified? And then how are we set up for tax diversification too? So that is a lot on the menu right there when you stop and break it all down. And, And those are a lot of the questions you need to be asking your advisor. Or or if you're doing it yourself, you need to be asking yourself, hey, how is my stuff set up? If you want to get a list of this stuff, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
1: You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
4: You ever wanted to be part of something big?
2: Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa.
4: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
2: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise? Now you can be
4: part of something that brings
2: hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees.
4: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
2: We pay for the school fees and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching the education part the the uniform that whole thing
4: call now 703-201-2494 or go to starschildrenafrica.org
2: for a dollar and a half a day one child would be educated for that year in high school
4: 703-201-2494 call right now for $500 a year you can change an orphan's life 703-201-2494 <laughs> You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show.
2: Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. Again, you can dial in with any questions that you have at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. Make sure you write that telephone number down, too, because during the week, you may not have a question now, but one may come up. And
3: then you can always call because, Larry, you don't charge for phone calls. No, we don't. We've got we get lots of phone calls during the week, or emails. if People want some information. What the subject that they talked all, that they heard about on the radio show, or they're just calling, just curious, just with just with questions. So feel free to get, during the week, give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three. Or again, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, dot com. Shoot us off an email. I'll be happy to send you out some some information and literature. So Linda's always coming to me during the week. You know, hey, somebody called. They wanted information on this, that, or the other. and we, we we get it for them. So we believe that people have the right to financial education just mm-hmm. like any other type of education and it is so complicated on wall street when you listen to the people on television or, or even on other radio shows sometimes we what we what we really try to do is break down the complicated and make it simple so that people can basically understand where they are outline their objectives and goals and time frame and risk levels, and then show them solutions to get to where they need to be with their dollars and, and how to pro- grow, protect, and deliver those dollars uh, in, in a tax-efficient manner. So that's, gonna, that's a lot of what we do.
2: So I'm going to take advantage of this ability to ask free questions right now. Or am, I, or am I allowed? I mean, I know that you know I ask a lot. so That's okay. You're always asking, <laughs>
3: but that's a good thing, Chris.
2: All right. So my question is with regards to existing uh, debt. Do these interest rate hikes, such as student loans and mortgages and things of that nature, isn't that going to make things a lot more expensive in the long run? Well, it obviously will, yes.
3: Anything that's – any any debt that's not locked in and fixed uh, is going to go up as interest mm-hmm. rates continue to rise. But if your debt is locked in and fixed, then it really has no bearing on you. You know, it's just about a cash flow at that particular well, point. Well, is it time to refinance into something that is fixed versus something that isn't, uh, like an arm Yes, in a rising interest rate environment, you always want to be in a fixed rate unless your rate on the adjustable side is so low, it would take you, you know, a handful of years to catch up. So the answer is kind of a little bit of both depends on what your rate is. You know, if you're sitting in an adjustable rate mortgage, let's say today, it maybe still three and three quarters or so. Might not pay you to refinance at two, into four and a half. The problem is is that when you continue to adjust up, you might end up uh, locking it at five percent down the road. It just depends on your frequency of adjust and what it what 's tied to. Most adjustments are tied to the LIBOR rate and um, but but rule of thumb is yes, rising rates you want to be in a fixed fixed environment so it is kind of a
2: refinance time, especially if you 've got an
3: arm. To go back into a fixed rate, uh, from at this that point. standpoint, yes. You're, but you're probably not going to drop your rate. You're probably going to raise your rate, but at least you're locking it in. You but know, where are we going
2: to go with these rates? Are we looking at what are your thoughts on that? Are we looking down the road and seeing the tea leaves and seeing that they're going to go? Well, there's no way to know, I guess, depending on what the economy does.
3: There is no way to know, and that's exactly correct. When we take a look at where the economy is, you know, if the economy keeps perking along right now. Okay, so, so keep in mind, again, with an expanding, growing economy, rates are going to rise to thwart off infa- inflation. So if the economy continues to do what it's been doing the last 18 months or so over, over the next two or three years, I see rates continuing to rise. Mm-hmm. Rates are going to continue to rise, Chris, until it, they get so high that it chokes off the economy and then the economy has to sort of recess and pull back. And and uh, you know start all over again. So so the key point there in, in your question is, you know rates are going to rise. Yes, they're going to rise. Should you go ahead and, and lock in and refinance into a new fixed rate? Well, it depends on where your adjustable rate sits today versus saying, okay, I'm now I'm going to step up and get a higher rate. But I'm doing that because I'm fearful that down the road my my adjustable rates are going to are going to surpass even today's fixed level. That's really the question at at hand, and so yeah, well, I see rates continuing to go up. The Fed's tele telecasting that, you know, they're 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 forecasting that for us, which is good. You know, on one hand, some of the traditionalists say, you know, we don't want so much forecasting, and other people say we like the forecasting because it lets people, you know, manage things a little bit more efficiently that way. So, mm-hmm. to recap, yeah, uh, I think rates will be rising.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Well, Larry, why don't we take a few calls here and uh, find out what's on people's minds. Let's go ahead
3: and welcome Sylvia on the line. Good morning Sylvia. how are you today?
5: I'm fine. how are you?
3: I'm well. how can I help you?
5: well I my question is should you ever borrow against your T, TSP?
3: Well, you know I'm not a big fan of it definitely and it is a it is a source of of money if you need it but it would be probably the last source that I would look at. Um, I would take a look at, at a signature loan at a bank if you need a loan. Um, is, is what you're seeking the money for, is it something you can put on a, a low or no interest credit card and pay it over time? Uh, is there opportunity to receive money from home equity? Uh, those would be some areas that just come off the top of my head real quick before you borrow money from your retirement plan. Um, so not a big fan of it, especially in this market as the markets have been going up because you, you will lose the opportunity cost of that money actually being there. Does that make sense? It it does. Well, Sylvia, I mean. I'll tell you what I'll do for you. We have a financial planning toolkit. Okay. And we can send it out to you. There's no cost for it. And it's going to, if you fill it out, it'll help you get organized and then we'll have a, an advisor give you a ring and help help guide you in in that if you want, so that you can get things a little bit more organized and aim towards your goals. Does that sound okay?
2: Yes, it does.
3: All right, well, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your information. We'll get that out to you next week. Appreciate the phone call. you listen to Making Money Sense, 855-ROSE-123, 855 Go ahead and dial us up with any of your financial planning or investment questions. Give us a call here. I'll be happy to, to answer your questions. Hopefully, we can help you out a little bit along the way. That's some of the things that we absolutely do. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today?
5: Well, you know, I have money in an IRA. I have money in a 401k. Um, I got a home equity loan, but I've never used it because I just, I don't know. I don't know how to use my money correctly. That's what I feel like. But, you know, it's not like I've done poorly, like I have Amazon stock. Yay. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just don't know what's the best money when I need to borrow from my daughter's college. And, it makes more sense to borrow against the 401k and not have it there to you know invest in that kind of stuff
3: Well Brenda, the, the, the first of all when you said you, you, you want to know what the best use of your money is it seems to be the theme but when you're talking about having money in a 401k and having money in an IRA, both of those are probably being treated the same from a tax perspective because right. it's all it's all tax deferred and taxable when it comes out unless the the Roth is or the 401k is a Roth so or the IRA so so then the next question goes into the next layer down what's inside the 401k or the or the IRA what's driving the engine of rate of return is it mutual funds maybe in international small stocks or is it mutual funds in technology domestic what asset classes are you in, and what's the theme, if you will, or the sectors behind what's driving that rate of return? That's where we have to, you know, sort of peel the layers of the onion back and really see what's there. And then you want to make sure that the four hundred one k is working in concert well with the IRA, as well as your other your other uh, scenario regarding the home equity loan that you said that you or the or the home equity line of credit that you say that you have. That's really there for an emergency, you know. That that's there if if you need to put a deck on the back of your house. That's there if something happens to the automobile where you can borrow money on your home and then pay yourself back. In most cases, with with interest being tax deductible. Now, um, the the money inside your 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 home, people can make mistakes on using HELOCs, home equity lines of credit, by going out and actually buying. What may be a depreciating, unnecessary asset, like uh, three or four new big screen TVs? Do you see what I mean? That's really not the best use of home equity. But one of the things that you have to understand there there's nine different ways to manage equity inside of your home. For many people, real estate is one of their largest, uh, not not meant necessarily the largest, but one of the largest assets that they have and understanding the nine different systems in in managing the equity inside of your home can really pay lots of dividends for yourself down the road. Money inside your home does not provide a rate of return. It simply goes up or down based off the value of that uh, of the home. In order to get money to provide a rate of return, you actually have to pull it out of your home, you know, but but that's not something that that you really necessarily want to do. So so you have to understand how you can have the home pay for itself from time to time if you want to redo your kitchen. Instead of cashing out an investment, you may want to do a home equity line of credit to redo your kitchen and then pay yourself back over time a little bit. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah. The only the only bill I have it's not a kitchen is not – the only thing I have is college tuition for my two kids. And that's the only reason why I've started borrowing money is to pay for their college tuition. So I think it's a good – Rate of return when they finally get out and they work. But my question is like, where do I get the money from? Is it better to borrow from the 401k? Is it better to? um, I know this sounds crazy, but uh, what I've been doing is these 0% interest cards, credit cards, and then I just wait until they're due and then I pay it all off. And, And then I go get another one, right? So, I don't but, see anything yeah, wrong with
3: that. I, Brenda, as long as you as long as you have the means to pay that bill off before the interest hits you, I don't see anything wrong with that, really. It's yeah, a whole lot it's a whole lot better it's than it's taking gonna, the money out of your 401k plan.
5: Okay, but here's what I'm worried about. Eventually, I'm going to have to pay the piper, right? So, eventually I'm going to have to pay it all off. Should I pull out of the 401k? Should I get a home equity loan? I have Wait a second. Maybe
3: I misunderstood you. I'm under the impression that when the, that you're able to make payments on these cards and zero it out before the interest hits you, or are you just flipping cards and carrying balances?
5: Um, so I paid off, but then when tuition comes again, you know, to college, right, then I end up, you know, having to get another one, right? And I'm just worried eventually I'm not going to be able to keep up, and if, it comes to the point where I can't pay it off, right? I've been good so far. It's been four years, but I've got eight to go so, or four more to go. So I'm worried what's going to happen then, right? So you're worried the if then? the
3: interest actually catches up to you because you can't pay the card off, then the next right. the next place that I would look is is probably the home equity line of credit because okay. there you're going to pull the money out and pay yourself back, possibly with a tax deduction on the interest. And you can, you can just choose to accelerate or make minimum payments on that. And the good news there is if your house goes up in value, then you're just creating more and more equity on top of it. So, so the, 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 best, the, the wise use of funds would be to use your home equity line of credit for the college versus borrowing money from your 401K. Because when you borrow money from your 401K, you're losing the opportunity cost of the investment not being there. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, no, I do. And that's what I've been trying to figure out. That's exactly, that's it right there. Because while it's sitting there with a loan on it, I can't use it to buy stocks. And when you ask about the stocks, I've just been kind of crazy lucky with, uh, you know, buying Apple and buying Starbucks and Amazon like years ago. But um, I can't really use that money because it's going to you know, I'm not 60 or 65, whatever.
3: Yep, 59 and a half. That's exactly right. So the best way to do it is probably to take a look at, I would probably sit down now and take a good look at what your cash flow is. It sounds like to me that you can pay the college just off of your cash flow because you're just advancing the college payment on the credit card. So it seems to me that you'd be able to do that with the home equity too. So I would probably continue doing what you're doing now because there's no interest charged against you. And if the card gets to the point where you're going, all right, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to pay it all off this this go around. Then you want to pull the money out of the home equity, pay the card, okay, and then start tapping the the home equity. And maybe it's maybe it ends up being a combination of both. Actually, it's all going to depend on your okay. cash flow. But I want you to take a look at 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 keeping as much money invested as you can in your 401k plan and and paying as little interest in this college funding scenario that you got going on right here but i think you're it's well thought out with what you're doing we just need to sort of outline and manage hey am i going to do the card this this quarter or, or the home equity or, or a combination of both
5: and i really appreciate this i know it sounds funny but i actually have a a phobia of borrowing money and everybody thinks that's great but I, I like lose sleep at night, so I've never used the home equity or any credit not once.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> let's 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 put it into a different perspective. You're you're borrowing money from the credit card company, right?
5: Yeah, but it's zero percent interest, so I don't feel like you know
3: that's painful. Understood. So the next scenario is let's not borrow money from the home equity for college. Let's borrow it from your retirement plan. So now you're actually mortgaging the risk of your retirement plan, right? Ah, uh, uh, I see. So I think that the lesser problem would be to borrow the home equity loan in your scenario, just based off of what I know. Does that make sense?
5: It does. And, and, and part of my fear is like being homeless. So I'm thinking, oh, if I borrow against it and I can't pay it back, then, then what happens, right?
3: Well, that is true. I can't answer that. That is true. You know if you borrow money on the house, you have to pay it back and i'm not you know i'm not saying to everybody go out there and borrow money on your home equity and spend you know I'm trying to help you in this limited scenario that I understand here on the radio. I mean I could probably do a much deeper dive for you, Brenda, if we were to sit down uh with one of our advisors and take a good look at the overall scenario and probably give you you know what 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 I would call a cash flow plan. In, in, in attacking this college funding need. But it sounds like things are, are pretty well thought out with what you're with what you're trying to do. So let's welcome Sharon on the line. Good morning, Sharon. How are you today?
5: Good morning.
3: How can I help you? you for you? taking my call. Sure. How can I help you?
5: Yes, yeah. I had a question in reference to – I'm going to be um, thinking about anyway, a high uh, probability that it will happen that I'm going to retire from federal government. And I got a couple of um, high-balance credit cards, so I was wondering if, uh, do you recommend me take out a consolidated loan to p- try to pay off those credit cards? Or also what I was thinking was uh, when I retire next year, part of my TSP to use uh, some of that to pay off the credit card. What, what do you advise?
3: Sharon here's the deal if you're going to retire what we need to do is we need to make sure that your income that's going to be coming in post retirement is sufficient enough to, to maintain your standard of living or get as close as we can to that so it depends on what your debt service is in these credit cards you know if if you owe a thousand dollars on a credit card as an example and you need to pull money out of your TSP to pay that th- to pull out about $1,400 so that after tax you have that $1,000 to pay. So that's an expensive proposition by itself. So it all is going to boil down to how your cash flow looks. I absolutely want you to retire the debt, no doubt about that. But I don't want you to retire the debt if you're going to jeopardize the majority of your savings. So, we need to look at a cash flow model on 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 all of it is for example if you're let's suppose your pension and social security or whatever you you have coming in let's suppose it's going to equal let's say three thousand dollars a month and your debt service is a thousand dollars a month you know we 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 have to we have to balance all this stuff out to to it all really so um a a consolidation loan could definitely save you cash flow each month, a home equity loan. Also, you would be able to pull money out of your house to pay off the credit card debt and now the interest may be tax deductible as you're paying back yourself to your house. Um, Because remember, money that's sitting inside your retirement plan, it's earning compound interest as the markets continue to go up, as the investments go up. But if you were to borrow money out of your home to pay off the credit card, you'll be paying yourself back plus the interest may be tax deductible and you're not losing an opportunity cost because money inside your home doesn't provide a rate of return. It's not earning interest. It just goes up or down based off the value of your home. So that's another way to take a look at, at this as well. That's actually called yeah. an equity exchange program where you're exchanging uh, bad, non-deductible debt, consumer debt for good tax deductible debt through your through your home loan there. so. <clears throat> Two or three different choices I, I, I would recommend for you to take a look at. Does that make sense?
5: Yes, sir, it does. Thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. So if you like, I'll, I'll be happy to uh, have someone give you a ring next week and sort of step you through the details. You don't want to get too detailed on the radio, but but uh, we can have someone give you a call and sort of step you through all that if you like, okay?
5: I, I would. That would be great. Thank you so much.
3: And good morning, Frank. How are you today?
5: Hey,
2: good morning, Larry. Uh, doing fine. Hope you're doing well. Uh What's a good mutual fund or talk about contrarian investing so that uh, is there some way to, you know, not lose everything that we're gaining now? Is there a good way to, you know, to protect some of the some of our our gains by uh, more shrewdly investing? I'm not talking about throwing everything into, you know, gold or something like that. But it, it, can you talk about contrarian investing maybe a little bit and how we might do that?
3: Sure, Frank. I mean, there's, there's funds out there that are, that are designed to to do exactly what you're talking about. They're contrarian investment funds. There's a handful of different systems that, that comes to mind about that. One of them, let's just start and talk about chopping the bottom and the top off the markets. And, and that would take a look at the overall construction of your portfolio. In other words, the, take a look at what we call a measurement of called beta. The market has a, a, a risk number, and they call it beta, and the risk number is 1.00. So if you take a look at, at the market going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, that has a measurement of 1.00. When we build your portfolio, we take a look at all of your holdings inside of it, and we see that you have a beta of 1.1. That means you're 10% more risky than the market. So as the market goes up, you're going to go up higher. On the other hand, when the market comes down, you're going to come down a lot lower. That's what he's talking about here is how do I protect that? So we want to get what we call upside and downside capture. So we want to build a portfolio that says, you know what, maybe my beta is 0.85. So you're 15% less risky than the market. So the first measurement is when the market goes up, you'll go up not as high. When the market comes down, you'll drop down but not as low. The next scenario there is can we put little triggers or or little uh, spices, if you will, inside the portfolio that gives you a little bit better upside capture versus downside capture, meaning that if the market goes up, you might capture, let's say, 92% of the upside. Whereas if the market goes down, you might only capture, let's say, um, I don't know, you're capturing 92% of the upside when the market goes up. Maybe on the downside, you're only capturing maybe 80% of the downside. In other words, when the market drops, you're not dropping as far as the market goes. So so that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is to simply In, – I'm, I'm trying to stay away from where I think the caller was going, which was, well, when the market turns, quote-unquote, where do we re-put all of our money? That's market timing, and that's not going to be a profitable thing, getting in and out of the market all the time. Another way is to just put what we would call a little bit of insurance-type programs on your portfolio, and that is basically buying puts. So if you're invested, you look at your portfolios, and if most of it's invested behind the scenes in, let's say, the S&P 500, then you would constantly be buying something each quarter that makes money if the S&P 500 goes down, and that's called a put-writing strategy. So there's there's a handful of different ways to do it, but the best way, the most efficient way over time, is to have the proper construction inside the portfolios. Let's talk to Sandy, who's on the line with us. Go ahead, Sandy. What's your question? Hi.
5: Uh, yes. I am getting a TSB from a divorce and i wanted to know what's the best thing to do with
3: it what's going to happen is the tsp is going to open up like an ira account for you and it can stay in the mm-hmm. very same investments that it's in right now you're not forced mm-hmm. to pull it out you you probably you probably can pull it out and put it into your own ira Then you can decide if you want to put it into a stock or mutual funds or ETFs or whatever it may be, okay? But you Mm -hmm. need to get a good understanding, based off of what I'm hearing here, of all of your choices that relates to this this scenario, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, That's what you need to do. I'll I'll have someone give you a ring if you want, and they can dive further down into what all your choices are. But these Mm -hmm. dollars here are meant for your retirement, so let's make sure that we – put them in a position that's going to be best for your for your retirement, okay? Let me go ahead and put you on hold and Bob will get your information and we'll sense we'll have someone give you a call next week, okay? Okay. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to making money sense. Let's welcome Terry on the line. Good morning, Terry. How are you today?
5: Okay, how are you?
3: I'm well. How can I help you?
5: My question is for um retirement, are you able to pull out your TSP to put it in a self-directed IRA and then use it for real estate. Um, so the real estate would end up being in the IRA. And if you do that, are you able to live in the um, real estate or do you have to rent it out?
3: So Terry under the current rules of the TSP if you're 59 and a half or older you're eligible for a one for a one time in service transfer where you can roll the money out of your TSP and put it into an IRA. If you've separated service in other words you retired or left the government for whatever reason then you can roll over it all into an IRA. Once it's in your own IRA, then you can choose the investment that's going to drive the performance of the money in the IRA. If you choose to put it into mutual funds, stocks, bonds, whatever it is, that's one thing. If you want to go down the road of putting it into a self-directed IRA and purchase, and as you say, and purchase real estate inside of it, there's some very, very strict rules around that. I would recommend you reading Ed Slott's book, The Retirement Time Bomb. There's an entire chapter dedicated to this subject in there. Be very, very careful about something called self-dealing rules because then you can blow the whole thing up and it becomes instantly taxable to you right away. Mm
1: -hmm. So
3: so I would throw a lot of caution at putting real estate in there. As Mm -hmm. far as you being able to live inside of it, I'm mm-hmm. not too sure if you can do that or not, but it's all in that in that book. So so take a look at that, and if you want, I'll, I'll be happy to send you out some information on it if you want me to put you on hold, and we'll get somebody to get you some information on self-dealing with it next week, okay?
5: Yes, yeah, thank you.
3: All right, let me place you on hold real quick, and Bob will get your information. Let's welcome Rosa on the line. Good morning, Rosa. How are you today? I am fine. How can I help you?
5: I, okay, I'm a couple of years from retirement. I'm at the 80%. Um, I want to stop investing in TSP and start investing in Roth iron.
3: Okay, what so you that? you can actually continue investing in the TSP but just make it a Roth contribution inside the TSP.
5: Oh, a Roth contribution. Oh, okay. Yes, the
3: TSP allows for pre tax contributions and Roth contributions. Okay. So you can you can do that. It depends on your income level here. So so if your income, if if you're highly compensated, then you may not be eligible to put money into a Roth IRA, but you can put it in to the Roth side of your TSP, okay?
5: Okay. Roth side of the TSP. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think that
3: answers my question. Okay. Wonderful. Well, that was easy. I need to hit my easy button then. (laughs) Got to get you one of those, Larry. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You have a great weekend. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Tarrot at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller. Your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571 490-7117. That's 571 490 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571 490 or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Tarot at McLean Mortgage, 571 490 Troy Tureau and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMS number
2: 5618 and 99665.
3: And again, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. I uh, wish everyone just the best Father's Day weekend. And to you too, Chris. Thanks, sir. So we'll, yep, yeah, we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense The Larry Rosenthal Show.
5: She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block, and neighbors always say her hair is so beautiful, healthy, and shiny and glossy. D i n o oh. v i t e dot com. Fatty acids, omega.